Hey, casual wrestling fans, we got a treat for you today. Yeah, got a, we've got a nice, nice little uh, thing since it's it's the road to WrestleMania, and some of you maybe through osmosis found out about this podcast from either something I was attached to, something Cameron did, and he decided to get into wrestling, and either reading about it or uh, because when we're talking about it we know the, the terms it's a lot easier to use the terms than to like not really dumb it down isn't the r- right word because uh this is overcomplicated stuff that people don't need to know but if you want to have a better understanding of some of the words used when talking about wrestling is uh that's what we're gonna do for you here today yeah break down some of the some of the terminology and i will say when i found I'll, I'll admit it, you know, some may be embarrassed by it, but I'm, I'm not. I, Squared Circle was a great resource in understanding what the landscape of wrestling was like and getting back into wrestling a couple years ago for me. And seeing some of these words on there was daunting. Uh, it's really similar to, I think, um, it's a bad comparison probably, but that's what we do on the show. Um, video games, a specific genre of video games, fighting games. Um, there's a lot of stuff with, like, command grab, frame data, um, the EX, you know, the, 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 you want to use your, your forward one, two, like what does, the, what do those things mean? And I felt pretty similarly when I started, um, seeing these terms brought up and I think it helps if you're going to, if you're going to get into internet discussions about wrestling, whether it's on Twitter or Reddit or reset era or game facts, yeah, they got wrestling <laughs> threads over on game facts. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's going to be fun. The most part is uh, it's a good time to kind of familiar yourself with it if you are curious about getting into wrestling, and yeah. we're we're here to help you out. We're like we're we're trying to make make everything more accessible to the casual fan, and in turn maybe make them hardcore fans, and they might leave the the roost of being a casual fan. And Jory and I will stand on the porch of our of our nice. 1920s farmhouse and wave goodbye as you carry your duffel bag over your shoulder like Ryu from Street Fighter. <laughs> we've got we've got a list of uh, pretty common terms and stuff that are used. So, um, Cameron, if you want to hit us with that first word, first one, the big one, and I'm going <laughs> to give the exact definition of this: kayfabe. Is, is the first word kayfabe k-a-y-f-a-b-e i'm gonna i'm going to spell that one out because it's not a word that is in our our normal vocabulary and it is the portrayal of stage events within the industry as real or true specifically the portrayal of competition rivalries and relationships between participants as being genuine and not of a staged or predetermined nature of any kind so basically, the suspension of disbelief um, while watching professional wrestling, yeah. and this is this is a pretty big one because kayfabe is basically believing and buying into wrestling as a as like a performance uh, piece, yeah. like as a as a show, basically. Yeah, um, it, it's important to to wrestling because it is presented as a a legitimate sporting competition and things like that 
and in a more broader sense kayfabe especially when you when you're not five years old and you sorry to break it to people if this is your first time hearing this everything wrestling wrestling is scripted like game of thrones or a movie so still real to me damn it (laughs) there are those people so the kayfabe is important even if you, you are aware of the scripted nature of not like buying into it and being like oh man rikishi actually tried to murder stone cold with that car it's it's one talking about the events within um, the WWE universe. This is this is a time where that statement isn't as weird, saying the WWE universe. So you can say like within kayfabe, this 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 this, like yeah. with, with within kayfabe, Edge Edge and Christian are brothers within kayfabe. They don't bring it up anymore because they realize hey that's kind of dumb. But within kayfabe, they still are. Or the Dudley boys within kayfabe, they're brothers. That even though is good. even though <laughs> Devon D- D- and Bubba Ray are def well are definitely not related. But it still kind of works as both kind of like bigger chubby guys. Yeah, that that helps. Yeah, um, yeah within kayfabe, a, a, a recent example I'll give within kayfabe, Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair are the the heated most heated of rivals they hate each other yeah but in outside of kayfabe they're best friends they travel together they work out together they probably room together on the road they're like actual best friends they don't you know they can't not be in the same room as each other they don't beat each other with kendo sticks and crutches (laughs) for real they're friends so kayfabe is really important because it's like yeah wrestling is a show it's not real yeah and, and kayfabe is the important part of to like one when, when something happens and you'd be like well why don't they just call the cops oh kayfabe that's, yeah, that's why because <laughs> realistically especially during the attitude era a lot of stuff that happened should have gotten people arrested yeah and sometimes they do get kayfabe arrested we've yeah. seen that happen before so yeah it's yeah. um it is <laughs> buying into things that you might not usually. Which, I mean, you do that with all media. You do that with a movie. Why didn't this happen? You know, don't be that guy who's sitting in the movie theater like, why don't they just do this? It, well, it's not. would be fun if they did. So, c- coming off of kayfabe, uh, uh, an important term with that is work, or which can be used as like to work or working someone or getting worked, which is... It's usually something that's planned, so whether it's a spot or usually referring to, like, promos and stuff like that, like, um, it's not like Seth Rollins woke up one day and, and walked out to the ring and has been like, you know what, I'm actually really tired of this heel being mean to me. It's not like he just he just came out for, for his own fun to do that. It's part of the plan and the script, um, or the previous example, one talking about kayfabe. Um, it was planned to have Rikishi hit uh, the Stone Cold with the car. Um, it wasn't like a heat of the moment try- thing of trying to hit him with the car. It was it was a planned thing going working it, within kayfabe. Yeah. Um, what's a good example of a work? Let me. Hmm. Ah, here's 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 a, a pretty good example of a work. And I'll keep it recent. Um, recently, Becky Lynch was suspended from WWE for 60 days, which will end after WrestleMania. Um, she's not 
actually suspended from her job. Yeah. She's it's a work. It's a work within kayfabe. Mm-hmm. Um, so that they have uh, a setup for the story that goes on within the show. Um, she's yeah. still there, you know, getting to work every Tuesday night, or yeah. Monday and Tuesday night now. Um, but it's it's not actually happening. It's yeah, a planned uh, lie, basically. Yeah, uh, getting work usually refers to the crowd or a viewer in which they fall for usually a heel doing something bad, getting booze and stuff. Because um, it, it's it's a mixture of people going along with the show because that's what you're supposed to do, but also like when you're there. Um, a common one is that we talk about on the podcast a lot is whenever Stephanie McMahon comes out, people <sighs> boo because she's the bad guy. They're getting worked. But there's also a legitimate... Uh, anger and criticism about her and her character online and we say character um because that's what that's what they're they are in wrestling it's not an exact term we have set for this but that's it's the same thing Jon Snow isn't a guy out on a ice continent as a part of a family uh Jon Snow is played by Kit Harrington as a character <laughs> yeah a, a character also if you want to give a more wrestling definition for that is a gimmick yeah, your uh, your your thing, who you are, what you want to portray, um, through your actions and such in the ring. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. That that's a that's actually a good good way to lead into this next one. Me mentioning uh, Stephanie. <laughs> Stephanie often is a character met with a lot of ire, but she, you know, she's been booked to do things that maybe she shouldn't have been booked to do. But that's what makes the character so good. That it gets the crowd worked up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it gets people more worked up than that online because they actually hate her. Um, and, you know, that's that's a further thing. You can use worked as, oh, the crowd got worked up. Or you can use worked as, wow, you're falling for this. Don't be so ridiculous. You're getting worked. Yeah. And worked can also be used as like, oh, that was a worked angle. Uh, they yeah. worked the uh, they worked this person getting arrested into something yeah um, it's it's like the um, the stuff that went on with the Naomi and Mandy Rose they mm-hmm. they worked the thing from tough enough into the angle of um, why Mandy Rose hates Naomi and wants to break up her marriage with Jimmy Uso so badly yeah I think yeah I use worked too much as like a man. You're falling for this. <laughs> I mean, that's the nice thing about wrestling terminology is they they can it it works outside of wrestling as well. Yeah, Be- better <laughs> than people just look stuff. at you. People just look at you weird. I'm like, what are you saying? <laughs> Maybe not so much with worked, but yeah. with with uh some of the other terms here. Yeah, like a uh, <laughs> like shoot. Uh, shooting is when a wrestler or an on-screen personality in the promotion purposefully breaks uh, the plans for the show or goes off script um, to um, legitimately attack an opponent or um, 
speak illy or um, maybe candidly about uh, someone else who works in the business or a specific show or something. Yeah. So if you if you if Rob Van Dam talks about how much he hates um, Shawn Michaels, that means he's shooting on Shawn Michaels. Yeah, he's he's not pulling out a gun and firing at him. He's it's a shoot, <laughs> and the the. the the biggest example you can give about a shoot is uh, the famous pipe bomb from CM Punk. Uh, that's that's one where pe- some people are like it's a worked shoot because they allowed him to do it. But all the information about it is that uh, Vince was like, fine, you want to talk? Go out and talk. So the pipe bomb is, yeah. is if you're unfamiliar with it or kind of forgot, it's the famous promo that CM Punk gave on Monday Night Raw, where he came out with a microphone, uh, broke a lot of taboos within the company, mentioning other companies by name, saying stuff like wrestlers and stuff like that, where things you're normally not allowed to do, mentioning companies by name and everything like saying, that. Where Saying wrestler. Yeah, and talking about how there's people working hard backstage and they don't get their opportunities, things like that. Uh, yeah. w- within the wrestling program, it's usually not a good thing, um, but there can also there's also stuff where it can be like a worked shoot. Where um, uh, a good example is last year uh, after Roman Reigns won the Elimination Chamber, he gave a worked shoot promo where he was criticizing Vince McMahon and the backstage politics on letting Brock Lesnar do what he wants. It's worked shoot because it seems like he's coming out and voicing complaints that he shouldn't within a character. And also because that's legitimately how things run backstage is Brock Lesnar gets to do what he wants. To further on the, the other side of shoot where people attack, uh, where a performer will attack someone else. Brock Lesnar is perfect for that because if you remember Brock Lesnar at shit, I can't remember. Was it Royal Rumble 2018? Yeah, Royal Rumble last year. There's the triple threat of Brock, Kane, and Braun. And um, Braun need um, Brock a little bit too, a little bit too stiffly. Get to that term. And Brock did not like that. So he shot on him and was legitimately potatoing him in the head, which potato is just, I'll bring out all kinds of terms now. Potatoing is just hitting someone as hard as you can. Like, it's just... You can go back and watch clips of it and he's punching him right in the face. In the temple, which is a real bad place to hit someone. But yeah, he shot on Braun because he he was angry, so he broke kayfabe and actually hit Braun and it's a and wonder can, Braun was able to survive it <laughs> and it, you can see in it Braun like getting actually weak from the strike and yeah yeah he definitely went to a knee <laughs> um, there's there's all kinds of uh, examples of that too um, there was a time where uh, Perry Saturn was wrestling um, a local talent guy I think and I've heard him talk about it and the the guy did something that he didn't like at all and he just laid into the guy because oftentimes when someone is shooting on someone else you just don't 
you just don't know because the show is so draped in kayfabe and the way the commentating works you can't really like tell immediately and we've growing up jory and i probably watched a lot of people shooting on someone else and we didn't know because perry saturn like fucked that guy up he he (laughs) power bombed that dude like three times he was punching him in the head he kicked him in the face he threw him out of the ring he beat the hell out of that guy um (laughs) and i think that guy has maybe some sort of permanent thing as a result or maybe never never wrestled again and perry saturn was just like i don't know what came over me he just kind of potatoed me and i went red and then next thing i remember i was walking up the ramp so (laughs) damn it was it was very bad yeah thanks is a is a quick one is a draw which is a wrestler or program that gets people to watch uh get something for you to watch so could either refer to a wrestler that's a common term you see around big names like ronda rousey or brock lesnar they have crossover appeal so they're trying to draw their draw for ufc fans to come watch wrestling or people have heard of them and other pop culture things to come and watch wrestling yeah they're they are drawing in a crowd yeah. with their their big name um a returning star will be a draw as well like if the rock were to face brock lesnar at SummerSlam or something that would be that would draw in the crowd so you would consider you would refer to the rock as a big draw which wow if you look at hollywood box office numbers he sure is um quick one for you let's talk about characters um and good guys versus bad guys so uh a a, my dad did this a lot when i was growing up he would come home and go who's the good guy here and um now we have like actual terms for it uh, now I know there are terms for it. Yeah. There is for for the good guy. You have the baby face, or you can just say face. Often because saying baby face is it takes it takes an extra second. You gotta save that so you can do other stuff. So a face is the heroic good guy, or the wrestler um, who is scripted within the show um, with the with the intent to to gain the crowd to to win the crowd over um and alternatively a heel is the bad guy which is a wrestler who portrays um a villain or acts as an antagonist to the face um yeah and heel comes from heel definitely comes from shit heel right Uh, yes yeah Never heard that word used in anything at L.A. Noir. I know, anything. I know. It's kind of from that, and also like a face. They're they're facing whatever's going on. A heel. They have their back turned. They're trying to run away. They're doing something sneaky. Yeah. So it's just yeah, b- basic stuff. Good guy, bad guy. Common big big name faces would be like Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, uh, <coughs> the, the, everyone you want to cheer for, basically. While heels like people who are lifelong heels or should be would be people like Dolph Ziggler or uh the Miz people like Tommaso Ciampa Brock Lesnar vaguely is because he's the bad guy but he doesn't do anything ever so I don't even count want to count that but it's good guy and bad guy because it's all a scripted program you need someone to root for you need someone to root against and uh, hey, it's it's okay to cheer for the bad guy yeah. if you if you want to. Yeah, 
Sometimes they could be doing something that's justified. That's where some of their stuff gets confusing, where they always book heel, they always like fuck over heels, and then like, you guys think you deserve everything. So. That's been booking for the last year and a half, I'd say. Uh, and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn have something to say about that. And then w- within within their alignment, there's there's a turn, which it could be a face turn or a heel turn. A heel turn could be like uh, usually ha- a good good simple example is like within a tag team, um, something happens, and at the end of a match, the ta- the face tag team loses. And instead of picking up their friend, like the New Day will do, pick up their buddy who just had a hard-fought match, um, is if one of the members or the person who who got pinned turns on their teammates and starts attacking them. That's a heel turn. Fa- face turns are a little bit weirder. Where You don't get clean ones, really. Yeah, because it's, it's, I guess it's hard to have something happen. You'd have to have them, like, explain, like, oh, I just realized I was being a dick. But it's usually just some after, they, they, usually they do something like they will attack a heel. I know or come to the aid of another face. Yeah, that's usually it is they'll come to the aid of a fellow face, face wrestler. Yeah. It's a little bit harder to, I think, turn from heel to face. You have to have something, you have to have something more... Uh, drawn out not drawn out but that takes you know a little more time to do you have to oh that person's starting to act weird oh that person's out on their own yeah oh that person has a lot of losses strung together oh they just lost oh now he 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 jumped on the back of that other guy and he's just laying waste from on the ramp oh yeah. hell, look at he's 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 puffing his chest out and he's foaming at the mouth that's a bad guy now yeah i don't like him boo <laughs> I I think a common face turn would be turning him from a bad guy into an underdog. Yeah, yeah. There's also neutral, which like I think I refer to on the show uh, as like I'll say, I'll say maybe sometimes like neutral or middling or in they between. Say, they say like tweeners is a common thing. I didn't include that on here because it's 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 more of like fan talk than it is anything that they'd address really. But yeah, those would be people where they just they just kind of do their job, whether or not they're big or small names, like Randy Orton, yeah. or I'd put Brock Lesnar there. I'd put Becky Lynch there. She's yeah. not, even though the crowd cheers her, she doesn't do face things. <laughs> yeah, I'd put Stone Cold Steve Austin in that middle ground too. Well, that one's a little bit more complicated. Stone Stone, Clo- Stone Cold fits the climate and uh, the era. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> why he, you he's, call him a face? Yeah, yeah, I'll dial that back. <laughs> he's yeah, he's definitely not in between. He's he's more of a badass face. He's he's like an anti-hero, which is what the '90s were. That's how you got characters like Deadpool and how Venom became a good guy. Things like that, where yeah. you get dark and edgy and gritty stuff, but they're still good guys. Yeah, I want my hero to look cool and swear like I do. Yeah, it, it's 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 just edginess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, let's describe what we are with this next definition. <laughs> a a mark. 
uh, a Mark is a wrestling fan who enthusiastically believes or behaves as though professional wrestling is not staged or loses sight of the stage nature of the business while supporting their favorite wrestlers. So me, every single time I watch wrestling. It, <laughs> it's usually, it, it, it's more, I think it was more back in the fairground days when there'd be the people who would get really, really into it, and especially like 50 years ago that you could go your whole life just assuming it was real. So those would be the people you'd want to play to. It'd be Mark, you mark them in the crowd, you know, those are the ones who are a good indicator of uh, if what you're doing is working or not. Yeah. Um, more commonly, it today is used to just refer to someone who's a fan of a certain thing or person. Yeah. Uh like us. I'm an Apollo Cruz mark. When you, you, you mark out, you just you just go wild over your favorite guy, favorite woman, uh, and often cloud could can be used to cloud your judgment about a situation, yeah, or h- how things were booked, which is what we recently referred to with like the elimination chamber, where people liked someone else. So even though things were leading up better for the outcome of Sasha Banks and Bailey, they were dissatisfied with it. Yeah. I I think um opinions aside on how things should be run, we we both mark out pretty hard on the show and just in our daily lives for Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're that's probably the who we're biggest marks for our Oscar. Yeah. And it's a it's it's a mixed bag because it's like you, you, it's usually used as a as derogatory or like negative term as you like this person you want to see good things for them so you're mad even even if there's no reason to be mad but it's it's part of enjoying the product too it's yeah you, you, you should feel that way you should get excited when someone you like comes out and their music hits and everything it's it's more fun than being a smart which is or smart mark which is someone who has inside knowledge of the business but they don't work within the business you wouldn't call like bruce pritchard a smart i'd call him an asshole <laughs> fun there <laughs> called the fuck out um you wouldn't call like Eric Bischoff, you wouldn't say he's a smark because he's worked within the fucking company. You wouldn't call Pritchard a smark. You wouldn't call Jim Ross or Jerry Lawler a smark because they worked within it. Their experiences are going to have them have different views. It comes from a guy who's like, he watched Ring of Honor for 10 years and then saw Kevin Owens was coming to NXT and he's refusing to call him Kevin Owens. He keeps calling him Kevin Steen. And yeah, it, it's yeah. it's a guy who who's uh, they they parodied these kinds of people on the Edge and Christian show in this last season where they were they had Edge and Christian were wearing uh, Bullet Club shirts they were blurred out but you knew what they were and they were like wearing glasses <laughs> and talking nerd voice like clearly Samoa Joe was more over so he should be the one winning the title. <sighs> Why, why, why aren't they using the guy I like on the indies? <laughs> Which, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could say, the, the end of this definition says, you know, uh, know-it-all fans. Yeah. I could say, I personally can be pretty know-it-all. 
like sometimes, you know, browsing forums and stuff and going, hey, I found this piece of information. Hey, I found this piece of information. This is what I think it means. But I'll never, I'll say on the show, like, they should do this or I want them to do this. But, you know, like, I, I would, when I step back from it, I would never begin to presume what the hell Triple H or Vince McMahon or any of those people should do. Like, yeah. I'm just really saying, like, yeah, this is what I'd like to be. So, yeah, I act like a mark. But, you know, a smark is definitely worse than being a mark. Yeah. You're ruining fun for people is basically yeah. what it is. It's it's not quite that, like, I, th- I do think, like, am I being a smark sometimes when I go, like, oh, yeah, after a title match, like, that one made sense. That's good for the business. And we talk like that on the show, but, like, I don't think we're... I don't think we're ever going like, well, they, they shouldn't do that. They should do this. You know, like it's, it's being a smart is, I feel like a little, a little bit different. It's taken all the fun out of wrestling. Yeah. And we like fun here at CWFP. Next up, um, the definition of what an angle is, um, Kurt angle. Yeah. The, the, the ankle lock. I mean, <laughs> ang- angle lock. Sorry. Um, <laughs> It's a. It's basically just the storyline within kayfabe. It's um, uh, it usually begins with when one wrestler attacks another physically or verbally, um, which results in the other wrestler seeking revenge or retribution in some way. Um, an angle may be, you know, of something set up for just a night, or it could last um, forever. It could last for thirty years, mm-hmm. um, like. Uh, uh, one that's lasted for a long time is stuff with the Shawn, Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker. Yeah, that's uh, been going on for 20, 20 plus years. Yeah, uh, a, a more recent one as of the recording of this podcast, uh, a long-term angle would be uh, when DIY broke up, uh, Tommaso Ciampa attacked Johnny Gargano and broke up the tag team. Tommaso Ciampa suffered a real injury as a result of a match that they that they were in that they did not come out triumphant in, and they 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 used that as an angle to make Tommaso Ciampa uh, a heel, and um, is an angle going on where he was blaming Johnny for the injury and was starting to ruin his opportunities for him because yeah he had opportunities ruined for him by being sidelined for a while. Or yeah, on main roster would be uh, Becky Lynch, uh, the triple threat at SummerSlam, where it was Becky Lynch, Carmella, and Charlotte Flair, where Becky did all the work. Charlotte came in at the last second and took the title, and Becky was tired of being second place to to Charlotte, who gets all the glory and attacked her, even though they've been on screen best friends. A, a shorter one from recently as well would be one that didn't pan out and probably wasn't very well received was Revival versus Lucha House Party with the um, with the Lucha rules where they got to use all three guys and Revival just had themselves and that was kind of dumb. It only happened for what two weeks, you know? Like yeah, it, it was oh that's not fair. We're we're old school wrestlers. That's not cool, but. Uh, it it didn't it didn't have like a clear ending. Angles usually angles can completely be botched because of injury or because you just decide this isn't working. Yeah, let's do something else, like that one was. Yeah, 
Uh-huh. And uh, often the point of angles is for feuds, which is is a rivalry between uh, either a tag team or single wrestlers or like groups of people. It can be as as small as like uh, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins feuding because Dean attacked him on the night uh, their best friend and brother announced that he had leukemia. Or it can be as large as oh, it was just the between the Alliance and just WWF, I guess. E- okay, yeah. Where the the Alliance was like WCW, ECW guys, and some people oh, on WWF. That's I've never heard of it referred to as the Alliance. I feel really dumb. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and whereas two, basically the entire roster was on one side or the other. Yeah. And there's a feud between those two. Which was really cool and didn't end the way anyone wanted it to. <laughs> no. But it probably ended the way it did for good reasons. Um Yeah. That's a cool that's a cool really big feud. So feuds can be large scale like that, like whole companies coming in to face the company that you've been watching. Or it can be Braun Strowman pestering Kevin Owens for two weeks and flipping over his cars and yeah, <laughs> shoving him in a porta potty like a bully in high school. All right, let's talk about a big one. I think <laughs> yeah, a real big one. So a jobber or um, well, yeah, okay, a jobber is um, someone who comes in to do their job. And what is jobbing? It's to lose. Um, so to do your job, go out there and do your job, is usually referred to when you have local talent or someone on the roster whose gimmick or character arc is specifically to lose. So they go out there and do their job, which is sort of like a, come on, take one for the team type thing. Um and lose against someone else to make them look strong or to further that, you know, they are the strongest or to just give them a a quick, easy win to solidify them in whatever they're doing. Um, And some people make a career in wrestling and sports entertainment off of that, and they become known as a jobber. And alternatively, and more, I would say, um, regularly, a jobber is uh, sort of like a derogatory term for someone who... Um, isn't isn't booked to win ever, but isn't quite in that like oh I like lose or not I like losing, but oh I'm I my thing is I'll come in and lose that's okay. Yeah. So you know I've seen Dana Brooke referred to as a jobber. Does she want to be a jobber? Probably not. Jo- jobbing can be used pretty in in a pretty mean way, but I don't personally see it as like a real bad term. It's often used also in. In a big match where uh, they they put someone in there, big big guy, popular guy, and then he just loses to the champion for no reason really than to fill time. So yeah, he just he sent them out there to job to the champion because he got to fill time. But instead uh, of pulling someone from local or anything like that, you're you're hurting someone else's credibility, which we'll get to. Quick one is a stable, which is just a tag team, but with more than with three or more people so stable would could be like uh the 
Was it the, the Ministry of Darkness? Or NWO. NWO. New Day. The New Day. Yes, it is. The Shield. Um, PCB. Uh, Freebirds. Uh, DX. Yeah. Degeneration X. I forget sometimes there were so many people in that stable. <laughs> yeah. That was a quick one, but a, a, a big, big one would be a promo, which is, you, you can cut a promo, which is to, usually it's coming out to the ring with a microphone. They're not at that moment, at least having a match or with a microphone, either talking about a situation, getting yourself over, uh, especially leading up to championship matches, big things like WrestleMania Royal Rumble winner is going to give a promo on the champion that they're going to be facing. Um, sometimes prom- you could have promo for like videos that they have. Uh, could be basically like promoting yourself in some yeah. way. Could be anything from a vignette to um, you know post match grabbing a mic and going, "This is why I'm the best," and throwing on the ground. Yeah. Um, pretty. F- I would say the most famous promo of all time, Austin 316 after Stone Cold Steve Austin beat um, Snake Jake the Snake Roberts at uh, King of the Ring 96. And um, obviously, Jake the Snake Roberts was um, had come back as a born-again Christian, and Stone Cold Steve Austin, um, he... <laughs> He mocked that by by saying, "You come out here spouting your proverbs, talking about John three sixteen, while Austin three sixteen just whooped your ass." I'm getting goosebumps just saying it. Like <laughs> it's, it's so good. It's the best promo of all time. He stood there next to that throne, didn't put the dumb little crown on, yelled in the mic, and it it gave wrestling a, a new life. Yep. <laughs> that's and that's really like promos can do that. Prom- promos can do that. Another popular one mentioned earlier in the show by Jory was um, CM Punk's pipe bomb. Sat there cross-legged after uh, after uh, John Cena main event and talked about everything that was wrong with the company. Let's talk now about a backstage thing. It's kind of backstage. I say mostly backstage is where you hear this word used. Is heat is when um. Negative crowd reactions and real-life animosity between those involved in a professional re- wrestling angle. Um, it's it's usually... Um, you can say the phrase cheap heat, like when Elias sits on stage and talks about how the, the Seattle doesn't have the Supersonics anymore. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of cheap. But um, you can garner real heat backstage by... You know, just going around being a doofus and saying mean things and acting like a know-it-all or a smark. And people won't like that. And they'll get to talking and then, you know, you'll have heat backstage. And people won't really want to, you know, interact with you. Or And it could affect how you're booked sometimes. But heat is uh, a backstage thing. It basically refers to negativity. It's a backstage thing that you can yeah. get from your fellow performers and people in charge of the show and it's something you can get from the crowd and he can he can be a good thing as well too you know a heel wants heat yeah it's you're supposed to get booed that's what happens it's 
someone like Elias or the Miz who will regularly make fun of the town they're in. Yeah. Um, the opposite of heat, which is, it's not used as much as heat, but would be a pop, which is people cheering, popping off for them, going wild. Uh, usually at, at something like, uh, you can, you can get like a cheap pop by being like, your local sports team is actually pretty good. Or, uh, uh the, the, the most common is you sit, you sit in there. There's a segment, and then music you haven't heard in probably at least a month <laughs> goes off, and you get excited. Or just years. Yeah. that's The well, glass shatter. Yeah, whenever the Stone Cold glass shatter goes off, uh, it, it, I, I don't know if it'll ever happen again, but if you get, if you smell, or just big stuff like that, um, usually with a stinger so people know immediately what's up. Yeah. Uh, the fireworks going off, the Dudleys. Uh, a, a good current one is Biggie's. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, immediately. That's like the best stinger in the company right now. It's, it's, it's good. It's cool that he does it every week, too. Yeah. It's, it's just positive reactions, usually through. Entrances are where you most commonly see people talking about pops. Like, Royal Rumble, people are going to pop because there's always surprises at the Rumble. Yeah. Like me and, convulsing um, in my seat when uh, Rebel Heart goes off. <laughs> or, convulsing and crying. Or sit watching Monday Night Raw and you get the one and only. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Yeah, those are... Those are, those are going to get big pops in the future. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about the, the phrase over. Um... It's basically, I think I used it earlier and might have explained it through context. Um, you want to win over the crowd or go over with the crowd. Um, go over is usually the, the, the phrasing used. Um, it's really uh, a, achieving what you, what you want from the crowd and buying into the character that's in the ring. Yeah. Um, I would say it's usually used with faces. But I I would consider if a heel is being booed pretty heavily, yeah, that's he's oh he, they are over as well like that their character works, yeah. Um, and to put someone over that's an uh, that's another phrasing you can have for it to put over um a a, a finisher um or a another wrestler would be helping to boost their status. So, um, if someone like AJ Styles has a crazy sell for a blackout or something like that, Seth Rollins stomp finisher, um, he really put the move over, um, and then maybe that could help build the move up as one of the strongest finishers in the company. So when, you know, you see Seth revving up for it, you're like, oh, the match is over, you know? Yeah. You really want that desired effect of people start yelling, you know, people in their living room stand up when he does the three stomps. Yeah, you really you know it's that move is big because it's been put over well in the past. It's a, usually what what you want to have to do with a big, usually for it's what the the dream is for legends to do is you put them in in a match with with a wrestler who's new or up and coming, uh, already has some credibility, and then you have them 
put over the younger guy by losing to him. Because if you're 50, yeah. you don't need to be coming out on top as much. There's book, all sorts of different ways to use this. Book, booking. Booker T. Booker to Booker T. Spin a Rooney five time, five time, five time, five time, five time. Uh, the, uh, a booker is the is the person who plans the, the matches and the card. They book the matches. And how something is booked is how it was intended to end uh, from the start. Uh, you, you, you book someone to go over someone else. At WrestleMania, you could say, like, Daniel Bryan was booked to win uh, against Batista and Randy Orton after the, after the company saw the fa- how much fans were rallying behind him. So they, they made a last-minute decision, changed it to, to book to have... Daniel Bryan win. I imagine it. I, I didn't. I didn't look up the history of it, but I imagine they probably had shit written down in a book. This is how stuff's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because the, the phrase often used by older guys, guys from like the the early '90s. You know, Stone Cold on his podcast, he usually says the phrase "Give him the book," because yeah. then he, you know, he writes down, you know, like uh, Razor Ramon's going over one, two, three, kid tonight. Yeah. Or one, two, th- actually, one, two, three kids going over <laughs> Race of Ramon tonight. Let's get into some terms having to do with specific events um, real quick. Yeah. Um, a dark match is a non-televised match at a taping of a show. So basically, um, once the preliminary stuff is over, once Monday night, preliminary stuff, meaning main event, and then once Monday night Raw's three hours of content rolls out, Sometimes uh, they'll just have something that they want to do to build up maybe some some hype for it or gauge the interest in it. So um, maybe there's a feud going on and then yeah, um, like a backstage thing. So to sort of um, get interest levels from that crowd, uh, they'll have Kevin Owens and AJ Styles go out and um, and face each other not televised or anything. I think they do record them in case they want to put them on hidden gems or something like that. Dark referring to is it's usually a match that would go on when the lights are off, when they don't have the big lights on. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's a, it's a match that you don't really get to see, but it still happens and they're usually pretty cool. Similar to a, a dark match cuz stuff within dark matches usually well within kayfabe does not they, they don't talk about it on air. Um, there's house shows, which are usually weekend. Uh, with WWE, they're called live events. Um, I, I'm pretty sure with like uh, Impact and other stuff like that, they they don't do house shows specifically. They just let them the guys do indie stuff uh, somewhat. Uh, a house show usually with WWE is it's just it's non televised and mostly non canonical. Um, recently, uh, they they use something that happened at a house show for. Uh, this, an angle that was going on, but it, it's still within kayfabe. When I went to him, Alexa Bliss was the current champion, and she faced off against uh, Natalia. Alexa Bliss still kept the title because it's not televised. They're going to televise something like that, and they're not going to mention the match on the next Raw, the next SmackDown, whatever. But those records still count for your win-loss records, and they keep up with certain storylines. If there's a big, big feud going on, they'll keep it up on the house shows. Um, People, if they're face on TV, they're going to be a face at house shows, things like that. So Yeah, so it's really, 
house shows are like you said your non-canonical sort of um touring uh events sometimes it's used to test out stuff like the dark matches uh like they did a two out of three falls match between seth rollins and dolph ziggler for the intercontinental title for the main event at the one i went to and that was a lead up to the iron man match at extreme rules they had where they're testing out like do people want to see them trade pins and stuff and then you have the big ones the pay-per-views um they're this is kind of a lost term now like in they, they, yeah they still they're still referred to as pay-per-views but it's it's in the name <laughs> yeah it's yeah it's pretty i've actually explained this to your brother because your brother thought it was pay-per-view as in like a sheet of paper and then i explained <laughs> to him he he had no clue what pay-per-view was i explained to him like the whole thing what pay-per-view <laughs> was like you yeah. could order a movie from your cable box in, I mean, like, 2001, and he's like, that's wild. You what? can still do that. They just call it video on demand now, which yeah. makes more sense. Yes, yeah. Pay-per-view is a bad term someone came up with in a boardroom, and cable yeah. companies rolled with it for 30 years. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, MMA boxing and uh, wrestling, they still use the term pay-per-view. It pretty much applies to most most of those things, unless you have like UFC Fight Pass or WWE Network, where you're not really paying per the view of the pay per view of the of the the big weekend event that has culminating storylines <laughs> in it. You're um, just paying for a subscription fee, and you get to watch the pay per view whenever you want, really. <laughs> but um, yeah, it is also usually uh, an event that is um, promoted for weeks. And you have um, storylines continuing on the weekly shows, like you said, at the house shows, um, and on social media to continue those feuds um, to lead up to the the end of it or a big um, a big blip on the like timeline of the feud at the pay per view. It's where all the big stuff happens and. When you when you're a kid, if if you you, you never got to watch them. <laughs> yep, yep. You just did be, you did you ever have one ordered? Uh, Royal Rumble, the one where Drew Carey was in it. That's I think Stone Cold won that one. That was one of his like, I think it, it was the one after Vince McMahon won the Rumble. So it was like the following one that Stone Cold won. Yeah, he win three. Yeah, because it went Stone Cold wins, Stone Cold wins, Vince McMahon wins, Stone Cold wins. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that was the last. That one was like in two thousand, I think. Two thousand, two thousand one, around that time. Yeah. That's the only one I can remember. There might have been others. Uh, my mom said that she used to have to go to my grandma's to buy them, but I don't ever remember watching wrestling at my grandma's, so I don't know. But I was like yeah. six, seven. You don't remember those things, but it's like when you're younger, it'd be like WWE champion on ending the night, being like, "I'm invincible. I'm always going to win forever." And then the next week you're watching, and the shitty small guy who just beat him like haha, and you, yeah, you're just like I guess with the belt. I guess that's what happened. That's yeah. It's where yeah, all the it, where all the big stuff happened, and and today it's the best time for pay per views because at least for WWE you only have to pay uh, you don't have to pay forty dollars a month for them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You you pay ten dollars a month, and and even for like what's what's the Ring of Honor. Um, Subscript. What is it called? The, the Sub of Honor. I don't remember what it's called. It's like the uh, Ring of Honor Club. But you, when you subscribe to that, you get a discounts on the pay per views. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. There is... Maybe I misunderstood what that was then. Maybe it was a New Japan access that I was thinking of where you pay for it, and I think you pay, like... I think you pay... You can play, like, per year or the per month, and then you can just watch them as they happen. Yeah. You can watch Wrestle Kingdom and their big events on the Ring of Honor thing, too. Yeah. And okay. uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about stuff mostly related to in-ring things now. Uh, there's a burial, which is the worked... Um, lowering or demotion of a wrestler uh whether through promo or through in-ring stuff for the fans either delegitimizing them or like lowering them it's usually usually talked about in a negative sense um because talking about like a common thing comes up with wwe is burying indie talent older guys burying younger talent things like that where uh they're constantly booking someone to win to the point where um, it's affecting the status of other characters or someone losing so much is starting to affect their character. Uh, example of Burial, DX and Finn Balor and The Click all burying uh, the revival at Raw 25. Yeah. That was, that was bad. But alternatively, there's The Push, which is someone who might benefit from a burial uh, is being pushed. It is it is the, the rising of a wrestler status yeah. um, based on decisions being made and um, hopefully fans are noticing it. You see this refer- reference to char- uh, certain people getting more opportunities than, than they were previously seemingly out of nowhere would be how some people put it. Um, Or in reference to super push, Superman push, Superman booking, all that sort of stuff. Usually in reference to John Cena or Roman Reigns, the guys. uh, Ronda Rousey. Top dogs in the company, big names, big signees, whether or not uh, they they sell lots of merchandise. They're big for some reason and it reflects in their status in the company and how they get booked. Uh, Whether or not it's to the detriment of others is where it becomes an issue. Where yeah. you have uh, certain people who fall to the wayside because of it. Uh, Finn Balor is usually one who's brought up because of that. Yeah. Or he gets thrown to the wayside. Um, some people would say it's deserved because someone like Finn Balor, uh, they, they're great in the ring. Fans love him, but they weren't getting their opportunity until recently. Or it's undeserved, referring to uh, Roman Reigns and John Cena, where... The company just wants to push them because they have a guy. They made the guy. They want to make them the guy, which that's where it gets complicated because, sure, uh, mid-20s wrestling fans don't like them, but the 10-year-old watching at home going, ooh-ah, and Superman punching stuff, not referring to me and Cameron. We do that even though we're mid-20s. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the little kid watching, it's it's the, their demographic. It's whatever. That's where it becomes... Related to burials is usually a squash, which is a, the, such a one-sided match that it might not even go on for a minute. Uh, if you've ever watched Braun Strowman, he's the part of many a squash. He's the, the, the beneficiary of many a squash match. Like his match at uh, SummerSlam? Yeah, where he beat Kevin Owens in like three minutes. Yeah, that was, that was dumb. But that was a squash match. Squ- uh, squashes are... They should be used for, like, jobbers, 
where you want to make someone look strong so you have them beat this random guy you've never heard of in a minute and it's like because you don't know if the guy could be strong or weak so he just squashes them or it, it can be like you referred to uh, someone losing really quick and they're both two established wrestlers um, usually that's related to burials where you're burying him because this big guy's strong and he beat this this uh, established man really quick um, squ- squashes can often be about like Goldberg or Oscars a lot of their matches where they'd win really quick Oscar versus Zelina Vega is a good example <laughs> although that one was kind of long uh, a, a, a pretty general term is a bump. It's what you're going to talk about with any sort of uh, falling into the mat or the ground or into the ring post or any sort of thing where you get bumped by it. It's not going to be in reference to like a sh- punching, any strikes, kicks. Usually referred to like taking a suplex, a throw, a takedown. And a bad bump would be uh, something that, uh, that uh, looks looks pretty bad. They might have taken resulted a little in rough, an injury. yeah, resulting in an injury. So some something went a little off, or they they might have not. They might just not even like messed up. It's just a, wasn't a good idea or anything like that, and they got hurt. Yeah, the the nature of wrestling can lead to some wacky things sometimes. So <laughs> sometimes you know you might just take a bad bump and. Um, Sometimes you might take a bad bump as a result of a botch, yeah. which a botch is um, it's uh, just messing up a move, and sometimes it doesn't have to. It usually doesn't in- involve hurting someone else, but if you just like, you know, I-, I watched a video once of AJ Styles trying to do a phenomenal forearm at a at a show in like an armory, and every time he'd jump up on the ropes, he'd slip because the ropes were really slippery. He was botching the move, even though it was a you know an outside variable affecting his ability to do the phenomenal forearm. It w- you would refer to it as man. He kept botching the move because those damn ropes. Yeah. Uh, or or the uh, a botch could be just like greatest Royal Rumble when oh, no. Jeff Hardy did a whisper in the wind. T- to uh, Jinder Mahal, who was nowhere near it, but he sold like he got hit. Or when Lars Sullivan sold a black mass, even though it was nowhere near hitting him. That one was so much force-minded, it broke his jaw. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, botches are, you know, <laughs> you usually just kind of move on from them. It sucks, yeah. but you got a lot of spots you're going to do in your life. Yeah. So. Not everything's going to go how you want it to. And if yeah. you uh, if you quit after that, then you're kind of quitting on wrestling. You're not gonna. And there's a uh, there's blading or two blade. When someone blades, which is you don't see it in WWE as much anymore because it's PG programming. And Vince hates it. Yeah. Vince hates blood. <laughs> I, I I kind of don't blame him. Um, I it, it's I think it's some, sometimes it's, it's bad, but it it's cool, but. <laughs> it's a mixture of I, I think damn blading's cool but then I think about what Dusty Rhodes or Ric Flair's heads look like Abdul the Butcher yeah it's Abdul uh, the Butcher's the one I always think about when I see some yeah. people talking about blading or he looks his head looks like an irrigated field yeah it's really rough well, blading is when a wrestler cuts themselves uh, to make bleeding and make the the opponent look strong or part of an angle things like that we're we're gonna I'm gonna describe the process a little bit. Uh, 
kids don't do this at home uh yes and if you're squeamish skip ahead to, yeah you know it's uh, maybe two minutes from now three minutes from now usually the, kept within a wrestler's gear like an armband or something like that they have uh, a razor blade and on tv it's a little bit easier than it was at like a house show or something or you like you move the cameras away or something like that and you will intentionally cut open your forehead uh, usually at the top of your head or your forehead because there's a lot of blood vessels there it's thin skin and it bleeds a lot making it look strong um there or you can have another wrestler do it when they have you in like a hole or something and have you facing away from the cameras or from the crowd and they'll like cut you and like after they quickly do it they'll do like an elbow strike to the forehead or something causing the blood to run down your face in order just to make things look strong uh brick flair really like liked to do it he got in trouble for doing it a lot because he just loved to do it he loved he loved to have blood in his matches yeah yeah uh uh there's a famous uh thing that happened where new jack of ecw there was a kid xpw (laughs) there's a kid who uh lied to paul Heyman and the promoters because some people dropped out or couldn't make it to the show or something so they're just trying to get jobbers and paul Heyman was stressed out so he's just like sure kid you can go when he was underage and everything and he was like begging new jack to blade him and new jack was like okay kid and uh cut him open and uh the kid's dad was in the crowd and yelled and it caused a lawsuit to happen and stuff uh which was thrown out because they found out the kid was like begging him to do it and new jack uh at afterwards he's like oh shit i probably shouldn't have done that but at the time he was like screaming about yeah this is what i do to white people because i hate them so <laughs> man he really laid it on thick yeah he, he was a lot more vulgar and saying things that i i cannot say and should not say and yeah never will yeah but he's, he's just running with it um yeah and then it yeah. became a problem but yeah blading cut cutting open to, you usually do the forehead because it bleeds a lot and if you don't do it too much you can hide the scars keyword too much and that's different from deathmatch wrestling where they, they do it on your face just looks like a road map yeah you do it on uh in with deathmatch wrestling where uh you show them the part of the move is cutting them open with the thing. <laughs> yeah, that's that's rough. There's maybe something else that I. Oh, did did Roman Blade at uh, Roman Blade at WrestleMania? Right. I thought it was like a blood pack. It could have been a blood pack. It was pretty runny. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, blading is usually how very few times when you see. A, a wrestler or a performer at a wrestling event a bleeding very few times is it going to be anything other than blading or a blood pack yeah a lot less blood in, in professional wrestling nowadays yeah so we just have some sort of miscellaneous terms to uh, in ring quick stuff that we can <laughs> to wrap up the round it out yeah um a, a run in is um an an unexpected uh, entrance or um, rush of aid from another wrestler or a, or a returning wrestler in a in a in a contest already in progress. Um, yeah. it's, it's, you, you, you know when it happens because two people wrestling and then music hits and someone else runs out. 
The Shield are famous for run-ins because they're the Hounds of Justice. Um, I think the post the post SummerSlam uh, re- uh, Raw where Roman just finished defeating Finn Balor and Braun said he was going to cash in, but before he could, the Shield came out and stopped him. They ran out. It's got the got the music. It's you. There's, there's almost no way it, it it doesn't get a pop because it is just exciting. Run-ins can sometimes be pretty misdirecting, though. You'll get the music. Oh, here comes the run-ins. The person looks up the ramp, and really? RKO! Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Really, he was sneaking in the crowd from behind. Let's move on to a rest hold, which is a a loose hold applied in the middle of a match uh, during which uh, two performers can catch their breath and move on to the next series of uh, spots and planned moves. Um, Yeah. It's something that gets complained about a lot, but hey, you get in there and wrestle for 20 minutes yeah. without taking a break. And it's it's something I just had a galaxy brain, big brain, brain blast thing about, where someone could could bring up, they don't do a lot of those on NXT as compared to main roster. With NXT, they get like three months to build up to that one show, so those people are definitely working with each other a lot, both in PC and other stuff. While with like WWE uh, weekly shows... Um, they're probably, they, since it's like week to week and some of the matches are 10, 15 minutes, sometimes a little bit longer, you're going to use those to plan out spots. And especially when it's televised, there's going to be commercials. So they're going to probably fill out the commercials with rest holds sometimes. Um, y- y- it, and it can also be used to build tension too. Uh, if they don't lock in a, a submission the right way, that's kind of like a rest hold, but usually a distinct like having them in a hold that's not exactly a submission uh, yeah rest they're... holds are pretty much what you're going to get during a commercial break on monday night raw because smackdown does the picture in picture thing so you can kind of see the action but on raw you usually i would say nine times out of ten you didn't miss anything but a rest hold yeah so that's they usually come back well. from a rest hold yeah that's <laughs> planned pretty well yeah um and they, they plan spots usually. I imagine that's probably more of a house show or like indie thing than it is compared to a WWE. But where a spot is just a planned segment or an action move, usually uh, the the easiest way to point it out is in ladder matches or tables matches, um, extreme rules, hardcore matches, things like that. It's usually planned to have those. Like a street fight, WWE likes those holiday street fights, Cameron doesn't. Uh, they usually plan to do something with the goofy things. Plan to have someone open up a Christmas present to have yeah. uh, things in there. The Christmas one was good, the rest of them are usually pretty eventful. A ladder match, yeah. you're going to... The TLC, the classic TLC matches, um, they plan to have uh, Devon and Jeff both hanging from the belts and then Edge fucking Spears jeff hardy off the off the belts even though it's planned it's still cool yeah it's wrestling matches are usually um a wrestlers uh, two wrestlers or you know whatever group it is performing in the in the contest um using their skills as a professional wrestler and calling things with each other to work their way to a big spot and then you usually maybe have big spots in the middle and then at the end to close the match out. Hmm. So um, Charlotte Flair doing a moonsault off the top of, uh, of of Hell in a Cell 
that's that's a spot they planned, but really Charlotte and Sasha, you know, just hitting each other with kendo sticks and, you know, locking up and um, doing all kinds of other, like, suplexes and things like that. That's just them riffing off of each other, basically, yeah. to put on a good match. Uh, there's, I didn't add it on here, but there's things where spot fest, where it's just obviously a bunch of planned stuff. Or it can be like the end of All In, where That's they, they're the like, fest, I was just where they're like, shit, we don't have time. Go home, boys. Just do fucking everything. So they, they just did all the planned shit, which is kind of cool. <laughs> I like spot fests. I know that older guys complain about spot fests because spot fest means you're no selling, but um, that's that. I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. Let's talk about. Have, have, did we talk about um, selling at all? Oh, we, we we didn't really. We've used it, but we didn't talk about it. Boy, that was yeah. a goof on my part. Yeah. That's okay. Let's let's talk about selling. Um, <laughs> selling would basically be the reaction that someone would have to a move, um, a finisher, or maybe a more high repertoire move like. Uh, you know, an eclipse is the is the one I think we're we're both probably trying to get to when talking about selling, because um, selling can really make or break the move. Like we said about putting a move over, you want a good sell to yeah. make a move look strong. So a good example is if you go back and look at um, uh, the eclipse by Ember Moon. Peyton Royce takes the eclipse. She just flares, flares, flails her arms and spins in a circle and falls to the ground. When Mickey James takes the eclipse, she does a front flip and lands on her tailbone and then, you know, writhes in pain with her wrist on her back. Oh, God, my back. That's really what you want to make the eclipse look strong. If, um, if you want good selling, you watch cruiserweights because yes. they're, they're more acrobatic so they can, they can do good sells. Um... And something with selling would be no selling, which ah, yeah. there's there's two ways to go about it. One is a guy who's being a dick and doesn't like that the other guy's more over or something like that. So takes a finisher, backstage heat something, kicks out before one, kicks out at one, making the finisher look like it didn't do shit. Or it can be used. Um, I'm sure uh, some some old wrestling fans will strike me down for saying the Undertaker no sells as his character. Um, he 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 kind of does. Where the Undertaker will either at the end of a match or after taking a spot uh, will suddenly rise up. Um, you can use it as like a triumphant thing. The adrenaline kicks in. Kofi Kingston kicking out of a knee at at one something like that. Like, yeah, um, a famous no selling is at ah, man, I can't remember the WrestleMania. I think it was Hogan versus HBK. He it wasn't no selling. I, I I apologize for saying famous example of no selling, but it wasn't no selling, but it was overselling, and that's a way you can kind of look make the match look stupid in a way as well. Yeah, um, his reaction to some of the chops and the leg drops and things like that. Um, yeah. That yeah, that can that can change the outlook of a match if you oversell or no sell. Yeah, let's talk about stiff. A stiff strike would be um, you're always gonna lay strikes to an opponent. Always gonna do your chops, your slaps, um, your punches, uh, your kicks, your knees, forearms, things like that. 
um, st- whether it's stiff or not is um, it's either deliberate or by accident, and it's just excessive force on the strike. Um, some guys kind of like that excessive force that AJ Styles talk about. Um, you know, if you can hit me, hit me. I want, I want, I want that extra oomph behind it to get me into the match. So, um, it could also be a bad thing. People have complained about, um, how stiff, uh, who was it? There was, there was someone that was just way too stiff back in the day and people didn't like facing, facing that person because it was Ultimate just... Ultimate Warrior? Grueling. Yes. Thank you. Exactly who it was. It was just, he would just go ham on you. He would just didn't care. New Japan is known for being more, oh, more stiff than WWE. Uh. It definitely looks more stiff, yeah. Uh, famous, uh... Minoru Suzuki is incredibly known for being stiff. Don't ever watch his match against Asuka. Don't ever watch that. Yeah. It's it can it's either rough. be used for for uh, selling it as a legitimate or realism stuff like that. Someone being a dick, intentionally being stiff, or sometimes an accident. Uh, sometimes if you're watching, Nia Jax was a little stiff. A little uh, stiff botch on Becky Lynch recently and hashtag face breaker punch broker face, which face breaker, which ended up making the, the moment even cooler because Becky still carried it out with blood running down her face. She worked even a shoot. She doesn't remember it. Yeah, she did work a shoot. <laughs> she doesn't remember it. Yeah, she. there was a thing that came out that was like she just she just kind of like. Things got real fuzzy, and then w- the next thing that she remembers was, like, sitting on the bed in the hotel room, and Charlotte was, like, watching TV and, like, eating. <laughs> it's It was really fucking bad. <laughs> uh, and, uh, I didn't do this on purpose, but it's actually funny that I saved this for last. Uh, we've used it yeah! plenty of times. Is a finisher. It's... Let's just name finishers. <laughs> Superman Punch. Spear. The rock bottom. Stone Cold Stunner. Go to sleep. People's elbow. People's the, elbow. The label lock. Swan Submissions can bomb. be f- finishers as well. That's important to know. Phenomenal forearm. Yeah, it's something you're going to see and you know the end of the match or a big pin's coming up. The, the, um, uh, what is, what is, uh, Kyrie saying? The sliding D into the corner, you know, the, yeah, yeah. RKO. RKO. That's the most effective finisher probably if you did yeah. the math. In a in 2K games, signature and finisher are two different moves in your ah, move set. Okay. Um fin- the, they usually they're kind of go- ones that you usually see go together like with Cena, uh the five knuckle shuffle is the signature move and then if you get a signature off, you get a finisher and it allows you to do the finisher. So Oh, five okay. knuckle so shuffle five into knuckle an shuffle AA. AA. Yeah. yeah, okay. Things like that. That's cool that it's made like that to where you can combo them together. Yeah. You can phenomenal forearm into a uh, into a styles clash, things like that. And that's kind of how they're shown too. Sometimes uh, they're kind of interchangeable within the match. Brock Lesnar does 72 F5s in a match. 7200. Uh, people like Cena, Balor, stuff like that, known for specific moves doing them once twice leading into each other daniel bryan it's not really a finisher but kind of a lead up into finishers when he does the uh the kick the drop kicks in the corner 
Yeah. So. Yeah. Or his yes kicks, it kicks, skull crushing finales of finishers. <gasps> oh, I love that one. Uh, zigzag, end That's of days. We can just endlessly name them off because it's the moves that deep, the wrestlers use to end the match. Deep six, yeah. You see them a lot. You, who, do you, can you think of someone who doesn't have a finisher right now? Because I can. Kurt Hawkins, Zack Ryder, Jobbers, Dana Brooke. <laughs> Non-Jobbers who don't have a finisher. No. I can think of one. Oh, who? Bobby Lashley. Uh, this is, I think, just the spear. I think it's supposed to be the spear, but I haven't seen him do anything else. The spear, his, like, uh, vertical suplex, I think, is supposed to be. Oh, finisher. yeah, I'm dumb. I'm dumb. I forgot about that. It just doesn't have the impact because it's not a quick move. Because he's usually facing bigger opponents, and it's mm. not he can't keep them up there for a long time, mm. so they don't finish the match with it. Pop-up powerbomb. Uh, oh, that's a good one. Blue thunderbomb. Oh, that's... Haluba I can't kick. wait to see that one. Haluba uh, kick's funny. <laughs> Gargan, no escape. I'm still proud I remember. I figured that out. Uh, hell yeah. Purple um, rainmaker. Why can't I think of finishing? Sweet chin music. Ride to hell. Oh. Choke slam. Choke slam. Uh, tombstone. Ah, that's a tombstone. Uh, V-Trigger. One-Winged Angel. Zero Fear. Uh, Jay White does the Blade Runner. <laughs> what a fucking nerd. Oscar Lock. Coquina Clutch. Coquina Clutch, that one's important. Hey, thanks for listening. We were too busy making goofs with uh, finishers oh, yeah, to go. record plugs. So I'm going to throw them in here real quick. The just real short ones. If you want to follow Cameron on Twitter, just go to your favorite tweeting app and look up Cam Hambone, where you can find him tweeting about video games and stuff like that. Wrestling, of course. Or you can follow me on Twitter at NoImJory, where I'm tweeting out video games, wrestling, or whatever I'm I'm working on project-wise, or even some secret stuff there. And, of course, oh, if you want to yeah. follow us on Twitter, there, we're yeah. at CWFPCast. That's for the podcast, specifically. Bitter uh, that's where you can usually find up new episodes up or fun jokes during pay-per-views. Usually I'm tweeting from there, the live updates and stuff, my thoughts. Just kind of a, a live tweeting stream of consciousness going on there. And, of course, we're hosted by the Orange Groves Podcast Network, which has tons of cool shows you should check out when you get the time. Especially some new ones coming out, so... Thanks for listening. Claw. Oof. A gun. <laughs>